0: Before we start today's podcast, I want to encourage you to go to dogbehaviorconference.com and check out this year's Dog Behavior Conference. It's a three-day live online event available to anyone around the world who loves dogs and wants to live their best life together with them. Registration is open now and seats are going fast, so visit dogbehaviorconference.com and reserve your spot today. That's dogbehaviorconference.com. Now, let's get to the podcast. On the podcast today, I have dog trainer Sean Brown, founder of Pets where passion meets purpose. And Pets well, I've never been there, but I really, really want to go. It is an amazing complex outside the city of Newcastle, and it's where I, I, I think I, I just would like to say, Sean, before, before we kind of bring you in, that I really like what you have on your website. It says, no dog should miss out on the stimulation, opportunities, training, and core exercise needed to live healthier, happy lives. I absolutely love that. Sean, welcome
1: to the podcast. But it is epic, you are epic. I have a lot of questions to ask you, and we're going to kind of go deep into the world of
0: what the dog training industry is like today and how we need to simplify everything. I mean, there's a lot of things that I'd love to talk to you about. For those of you in the UK have been lucky enough to watch The Dog Academy, yes, that's the same Sean Brown from The Dog Academy Series 1. We have just finished filming Series 2. Hopefully, that will be out sometime next year in uh, 2024. And it was definitely, definitely been an amazing experience, a challenging one, but an amazing one. But first of all, I'd like to ask you about your journey into dog training, because you do have
1: a fascinating journey. On this podcast before, we've talked about with my group, with my team, we talked
0: about do dogs really like being trained or are they merely tolerating it? And it seems like dog training, well, many forward thinking dog trainers like yourself and like us here at VSA and at Positively, we're sort of thinking beyond uh, beyond the actual like idea of training, teaching dogs to do different tasks for us, teaching dogs to respond to different cues, things like that, that we've gone back we're going beyond that and not that that's completely new because a lot of people, you know, enrichment is very important and, but there still seems to be, and especially in the just the dog loving community that uh, not the dog training community that just seems to be more, I would, I would say stuck in the kind of ideas of 10 years ago, but we're moving forward in fact, putting more emphasis On Dog's Joy,
1: (laughs) for want of a better word. I think people have seen so much. I mean,
0: they're they're bombarded. They're bombarded with information from books and videos and YouTube and then television and now social media. I mean, social media is obviously exploding and anybody can set themselves up to be a dog trainer. and the 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 devastation that we see uh, that is being uh, the the havoc that's being wrecked by some names in the social media world that are just doing dreadful things to dogs, but yet it's celebrated because somehow people love to see people, uh, mostly men wrestling dogs to the ground in order to stop them aggressing. Or, I mean, it's just so disgusting. I I can't even just, just makes me feel so dreadfully sad for, for the dog, but, but, but that is what is happening now in this world. And we really need to just stop And simplify. And that's something we're really doing at Positively. It's something we're doing at VSA. Stop and simplify. It feels like, and I remember Ian Dunbar, Dr. Ian Dunbar, saying this to trainers because there was a a point about 10 years ago where we were all getting so deep into the science, and the science is very important the science of behavior and the uh, the science of cognition, there's amazing things that are being discovered in this day and age now with the study of dogs, so we we have to we have to take that on board, and it informs a lot of what we do. but it was about ten years ago and everybody was just getting really immersed in science and teaching the science and and I remember Ian Dunbar saying, just okay, that's important, but stop you you're missing the point." And, and I think, and I think we've lost a little bit through all of this social media and through all of this television and this is what you do. I think we've lost
1: the celebration of dogs. I think we've lost what dogs truly are. No, they don't. Well, the dog has to fulfill, it seems, many roles in people's lives.
0: They want it to be a companion, yet, uh, and they want it to socialize and be friendly with everybody that comes into their home, yet they want it to be a guard dog. So if there's a stranger or somebody or, or a weird person like, you, they want them to guard their home. They want them to uh, walk well on the lead and to greet every single other dog that walks past, you know, and be very, very friendly and and tolerate people touching them and petting them on top of the head. They want a dog that's going to walk at their pace. They want a dog that's not going to bite and has to tolerate the child climbing all over it and pulling its ears and pulling its tail. And they want a dog that is going to only toilet when they let them out. Then they also want a dog that is going to listen to them at all times, going to sleep through the night, can stay by themselves for eight hours a day whilst they go for a walk. I'm sorry, when they go to work and that is able to ride in a car and be okay, go on holiday with them, go to dog boarding when they can't take the dog with them. I mean, these dogs, the list is endless. These dogs have to fulfill such roles in people's lives. And when you get a case, we get a case, we have to look at all that and go, stop. Let's just let's just simplify and let's not forget what you have at the other end of your lead. <laughs> this is an animal at the end of the day with very sharp teeth and left to its own devices is going to toilet where it wants, is going to procreate, is going to run around, is going to potentially meet other dogs and either fight over food or pack up or... You know, this is an animal at the end of the day. And we need to get back to that, which I which I think pet exercise is so good at recognizing and good at doing. Because I think you're absolutely right. Well, no, not I think. You are right. You are right in that. Let's say you have a dog that has a major barking issue in the house. And, you know, you can teach your dog to be quiet. You can teach it that skill. But then the barking is a symptom of something much larger. So if you focus on that something much larger, what does the dog need? Then
1: you're going to modify the the barking. I love filming It's Me or
0: the Dog in the UK because most of the dogs... Well, in fact, I've worked with so many dogs that on the show have issues and my job is to find out why and then to coach the family and teach them and show them sort of around the area, kind of what a support system there could be. And and part of that support system and those resources are freedom fields. And it's something that we really don't have here in the U S which is a shame because I mean, there's lots of dog runs and dog parks, but that's for dogs running all together and they have their own issues. So to have these freedom fields for dogs that are not so, or don't really like social interaction or are a bit worried about social interaction and just need some space and some time. These freedom fields are amazing and you can book them for 30 minutes, or you can book them for an hour. They're not very expensive. You don't have to take your dog there every day. But it's a wonderful outlet, isn't it, for these dogs that are not able to socially interact or do not feel comfortable being taken for a walk, cannot be at the other end of a
1: lead. These freedom fields are lifesavers. Short. I think that's one of the best analogies that I've ever heard
0: is that a nightclubber. Yeah. You cannot, if you're, if you don't really like that, you, you can't be trained into it. You might go and you might tolerate it, but are you going to be trained into enjoying it? I don't know. And yet that's what people are doing with dogs all the time is that they're trying to fit these. You know, a square peg into a round hole and it just doesn't work. And that's what you know, I feel like a lot of dogs tolerate things because of what we want them to do and the roles that they fulfill in our lives. But no, I'm the same. I, I do have to say if it's a dance club, I'll go because I love dancing and that's great. But you put me in a an environment, let's say a cocktail party where you have this sort of small talk and you move around from person to person. I absolutely hate it. It's My parents used to have so many cocktail parties and they used to go to lots of cocktail parties. And then when I was younger and at school, I worked for a very, very fancy silver service company called The Running Buffet, which did a lot of events in London and in Wimbledon as well. And so I would take around the wine and the food and And I did so many events like that. So that was easy because it actually gave me something to do and a way to like just say hello and then leave again because I had to serve the food around to everybody. But put me in that kind of... I absolutely hate it. I am so uncomfortable. And I'm sorry, no amount of training is going to make me enjoy it. I might tolerate it. I might go and tolerate it. But I really don't and I don't want to talk to you. And I think you call me introvert, whatever... But that is and training our dogs into
1: doing something that they are just not, it, we really got to think about it. Yes. Uh, because in the last what 20 30 years
0: um it, it that's what training has kind of gone towards and in a good way and in a bad way as well. And it's just like, oh, we can teach these dogs lots of commands and we can get control and we can make them submissive to us. And then of course and then, you know, even shows like Barbara Woodhouse really, she started off in the UK. I mean, that was kind of the the big dog show in the UK. and Dunbar had a show and then of course it's Meal the Dog hits channel four. <laughs> and um And I, even in that, that's been 20 years now, nearly 20 years. Can you imagine that, Sean? I I had the idea of it in late 2004 and it started in 2005. I cannot, that that ages me, but, uh, you know, and I've evolved as a trainer even from the beginning, but, you know, so, and I think social media hasn't helped as well. So everything has been so focused on training, 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 and I will still do that. i still teach dog skills. I, you know, we still, uh, still do that, but you're right. You have to like go and start with that relationship building, decompression, allow the dog to be a dog. And we've got lead laws here. We cannot let our dogs off the lead at all here in most places. People do But in parks and uh, around here, you are not allowed to have your dog off the lead at any time. And that causes its own issues. So that's why Freedom Fields and everything in the UK is wonderful. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and yeah, we're going to dish the dirt on the Dog Academy. So we'll be right back. It's my favorite weekend of the year. Okay. Okay maybe after Thanksgiving, and my daughter's birthday. But it really is something I look forward to all year long, the Dog Behavior Conference. It seems like I say this every year, but it really is true. The 2024 lineup of Dog Behavior Conference speakers has me as fired up as I've ever been for what I truly believe is the most meaningful, enlightening, impactful and inspirational event available to dog geeks like you and me anywhere in the dog world with speakers including returning favorites like sarah fisher mike shikashio Arik bloom andrew hale and sarah heath to newcomers like robert hewings marty and mikhail becker lisa and brad wagner and more the range of topics covered is custom-tailored to serve you no matter where you are on your dog journey. A wide-eyed newbie figuring things out for the first time, or a long-time professional trainer or shelter rescue worker looking to fine-tune your skills and knowledge. It seems like everywhere you turn now since COVID, someone is offering yet another online event, course or conference, promising the latest and greatest in dog training knowledge. But we've been doing this for over a decade including in-person dog behavior conferences since 2010 to accompany our longtime Victoria Stilwell Academy and Positively.com courses for guardians and pet pros alike. So go to dogbehaviorconference.com now to check out the DPC and secure your seat today. Registration is open and available to you wherever you are in the world. The live event happens from April the 19th to the 21st, but you'll automatically get access to all of the recordings from the conference for 12 months. So it's okay if you can't join us live for some or all of the weekend. The DBC is special and I'd hate for you to miss it. So visit dogbehaviourconference.com now to get your ticket. That's dogbehaviourconference.com. And now, back to the podcast. I'm back with Sean Brown and we've been talking a lot about what, what we think the dog training industry kind of lacks in the fact that, oh, we're just uh, forgetting just to be simple and to really allow dogs to be dogs before we even think of the kind of skills and the things that we're going to teach them. But I w- would like to talk, talk about the dog academy. Now, the UK last, it was in March that it started to air March, April time of 23. The dog, Ac- uh, the dog academy aired on channel four. And here we have six trainers, you, me, Joe Pay, Kamal Fernandez, Adam Danes, and Nancy, Nancy Creedon hitting the screens and showing people like, like how to deal with difficult truly difficult behavior issues as well as you know helping people with their dogs and helping people understand their dogs and it went so well that we have just finished filming season 2 of that which should hit the hopefully transmit next year but t- what was your experience like on series 1 of the dog academy
1: and now series 2 actually but what was your experience like Yeah, it does. It's it's it is
0: intense, intense. And of course we're taking on cases that are very very challenging. Um and working a, in a very condensed way because we don't have a lot of time. But what I found is that so certainly from the first series and I'm founding finding with the a lot of the people that were on the show this year that we keep in contact with and we do follow up zoom calls with and that 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 the impact it's had on their lives has been profound and i remember joe saying and she actually said it on this podcast as well having never done television, television before and then doing the first series of the dog academy she was amazed at how adaptable the dogs were and how quickly they learned and how just you know coming to a totally new place that they've never been to before and having cameras around and lots of different people around yet these dogs can adapt and transition so well into learning and 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 also that we are teaching People basically to understand. So people might come to the dog academy with a very different idea of why their dog is doing something. And that light bulb moment when they actually realize that what they thought
1: is actually completely different. I, television it has definitely helped.
0: Well, it, de- it helps in many, many different ways, but for me, it's me or the dog has always been about helping people understand. And that I think is at its core. That's what the dog Academy does so well on whatever television show that I have done. And I think this is my sixth one now. Or is it my seventh one here in England and in the US? Um, it's always been, my aim has always been to help people understand their dogs more. And when you understand, you have more empathy. And when you're more empathetic, then I think you're kinder to your dog. When you understand your dog's experience more, you're able to give them what they need. And plus you're kinder. And it does bring me on to a subject that I know we've talked about before and that there are, there's a lot of other media out there. I mean, we talked about it between us, but we just touched on it at the beginning of this podcast, but out there on social media and on television, there are other trainers that have a, I would say, a different, a different way of doing things or a different approach, and that can be frustrating. I mean, let's not like, let's not pussyfoot around. It, it can be very frustrating because the the dog training industry is moving so hopefully in the right direction. And there are so many great organizations and companies and great trainers out there that are following the positive path, very progressive path, and it's, it's a path that we need to follow.
1: But we still seem to be stuck with the old style. What, what do you think about that? You can understand from a person's point of view, if
0: they have a dog that is behaving dangerously, either that they're pulling them over on the lead or that they're aggressing at somebody or, you know, so you can understand that person's desire to get it sorted really fast. And and I get that. And that's why where we say, when we talk about quick fixes, we really, we're talking about management. That That's what we're talking about is management. And you can uh, we show it on the dog academy, but you can change behavior really fast by managing the situation and relieving pressure and creating safety, not just uh, the dog being in a safe environment, but feeling safe. And it, you can do that very fast. But we should, wh- why is it we understand that in kids, for example, that it's going to take a while if a kid is having an issue or the kid is violent, it's going to take a while. And it's going to take maybe quite a lot of therapy and, and understanding to, to, to maybe change that child's behavior or make it feel, make it feel better. But with dogs, it's just like, Oh no, you just put, put a shot collar on it or just tell it off. Tell it because it's it's a bit, the behavior is bad The behavior is bad and we've got to make it good. And I have this real thing, Sean, where I kind of battle against this. Oh, this is good behavior and bad behavior. I don't see behavior in terms of good and bad. I see behavior in terms just as behavior, right? Good and bad is what we label it. Good and bad is what it means to us in our lives, in our society. And so we might label that that aggressive behavior is a bad behavior, and because it's a bad behavior we've got to get it under control and we are going to we're going to make the dog submissive we're going to dominate that dog and we're going to put dreadful contraptions on the dog to sub- make it submissive and to control it and we're going to use different techniques in order to do that to get rid of the bad behavior until we start looking at behavior just as behavior and not labeling it i i don't see how
1: we are going to be that effective. Yeah. So crazy. why though still is
0: that trying to i don't know win the battle over an animal still so celebrated that when you know if you can tame the beast that 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 is revered almost it's revered and it's abuse right it's abuse but people don't see it like that, and they cover it and they mask it, and then they tell, you know, me when I call out, like oh, that's a, that's abusive, you know. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just it, it, but but at the end of the day, it's abuse. I do not understand how people can celebrate it and go, that's great. And I have to tell you something. This was shocking to me. There is a trainer on social media, and a animal cruelty prosecutor said, hey, contacted me, said, hey, I had no idea who this trainer was, hey, take a look at this guy. This guy's amazing, saves a lot of dogs from euthanasia. I think they should come and speak at a particular conference, not my conference, but another one. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, cool. Let me go and watch. And I watched and I was absolutely disgusted by what this trainer was doing. Shocking.
1: And yet because the dog saved from euthanasia and this is
0: like this. This is what you need to do to save dogs from euthanasia. And here was an animal cruelty prosecutor saying this person was amazing. And look what they did with dogs. Are you, That's where we
1: are, Sean. That's where we are. That's it, exactly. But people can get away with it.
0: People can get away with it because if you did that to a child, you will be in jail. You know, you do not collect your 100 pounds and go. you go straight to jail and you're going to stay there, right? This isn't a game. If you do that to a child, but yet you can do it to a dog. And then when you speak out about it and say, this is not right. And I understand this. We got to respect our industry and I have a... Ton of respect for many, many trains in the industry, but if there's somebody that's abusing dogs, I'm going to call it out. But then the abuse you receive in return, the abuse, and the and you just see the ignorance out there when these people are defending a particular method, and also then you're called out and called a snowflake,s and you and you're this and you're that, and you know that these people are ignorant. You just you just they are. You, you can't look at that and go, but, and everybody has a mouthpiece on social media, but it's, it's frustrating because you're like, you know what, actually you can call me all the names you want under the sun, but this dog went through terror and trauma at the hands of this
1: trainer. And that's what you're not seeing. Yep. The first, 100%, it needs to be the first approach. And it doesn't have
0: to be the only approach, but it needs to be where people go first to decompress, find out why their dog is doing, and allow their dog to be a dog, to truly have somebody understand and allow their dog to be a dog and build that wonderful relationship between dog and person first, And then you can start, then you've got a great foundation and I call it a launch pad. You've got this launch pad now of understanding and this better bond that's built up. And
1: now you can go and on your your learning and your teaching journey together. Yeah. I think that's it then.
0: That's it. The connection. We need to build that that A understanding, but B that connection again with our dogs. And it really it really is pretty simple. (laughs) That's it. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, Yeah, I kind of lost my way a bit, even if you are a positive trainer, I've kind of lost my way a bit and I want to get back that then that's that's my advice is simplify sean you are amazing there's a reason why you are a trainer on the dog academy because you are amazing and i love your ethos i love that hashtag loved pets love life uh where can people if they want to find out more about you
1: or indeed bring their dog to the center where can they where what's your information And watch the Dog Academy on Channel 4. Yes, I cannot wait. I'm
0: very excited. And (laughs) yeah, we had all kinds of dogs, didn't we, Sean? I know we're not allowed to talk about
1: that right now, but we truly did. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the
0: podcast. And I'm really, really glad you're here. And thank you for everything that you do with dogs. I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And Thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. I hope that that's given you a lot of food for thought. It definitely is a journey that I'm going on right now of simplifying everything so that dog lovers, the dog lovers out there and dogs will benefit. For those of you who are interested in taking courses, please check out positively.com. We have amazing courses there for dog lovers. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. Just uh, a lot of our courses are free and our other courses are pretty cheap, but really, really, really good. And then also, if you want to become a dog trainer, check out vsdogtrainingacademy.com and come learn with VSA. Thank you so much, Sean. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stilwell's Positively podcast. For Victoria's online dog training courses, more information and helpful dog training tips, visit Victoria's official website at positively.com. Get connected on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media as Victoria Stilwell and follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Learn to become a professional dog trainer with the Victoria Stilwell Academy at vsdogtrainingacademy.com. And be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps you and your dog live your best life together, positively.